All right, Beige, let's wrap this up once and for all. Now take your alligator. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I am your host, Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. My co-host, Snoopy Bijou, is currently having a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator is the never-to-be sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, but we still give him a shout-out, and we still put our Amazon affiliates link to Whimsy's Alligators down below in the description box. Carla's Homemade Salsa, going to shout them out real quick. I've got them swimming in orders right now, so uh, if you guys are looking to get some Carla's Homemade Salsa, <laughs> go easy on Carla. Go easy, because I really did uh, get them flooded a bit over there. And I like... That's my job, right? If if I am going to advertise <laughs> or you're going to advertise with me, then I am supposed to get you sales. So that's what that's supposed to do. And I'm not getting any complaints about it. But, you know, as far as Carla goes, she's fine with it. But at the same time, I did, I guess, kind of lay it on thick and a bunch of people hit her up. But it's good. It's, you know, I... I that's the thing that people don't get about me. Let me start off this way. I want to first start off by thanking um, a person that calls themselves a comedian, but really isn't. Alex, just Alex is his name. And he runs the comedy and discussions group in Facebook. And he recently put me out of the group, like, you know, blocked me or took me out, however it works. And it was because I had called out Crystal, which I said I wouldn't talk about her, but I need her for this story. I need all of all of the players will be on the board for this particular story and the way this goes. Um, I called them out because Crystal has never been a comedian. One of the rules to being in the group is you have to be a comedian. But the people that start the problems in the group are not comedians. They're all people that have done stand-up at some point in the way that they've done some, op some open mics, but they're not comedians. And those are the people that start the most problems in that group. So I talked about the situation where the woman's uh, police report got posted on the comedy and discussions group that was apparently completely within a within bounds um then i put my podcast up which are nothing but related to the las vegas comedy scene and for some reason those are considered controversial so when you talk about things that completely have nothing to do with stand-up comedy in the stand-up comedy group it's completely fine but when you talk about things that are actually happening within the comedy community, then apparently that's considered to be too much. And that's when the civilians have to get involved and let you know that you must be crazy to be telling the truth about a group that really is, you know, because like the rules always change. Like I pushed the white supremacy and the white privilege thing and that's because that's the only thing that keeps Crystal being a part of that group is just because white men like Alex Just Alex and Steve McAnally, who are the two people that run that group, have been raised to believe that they're supposed to protect white women. So even when white women are wrong, white men will still protect them. And that's the only reason Crystal was in that group because she's a white woman. At one point, I had brought it up in December when she was making problems because she always makes problems for people. And I, I really do not understand when a person's not a part of a community or doesn't actually do something, why they care what happens within that group. Like, to me, that would not make sense. If I were not a stand-up comedian, I would be in zero stand-up comedy groups because I don't need to be. I'm not a stand-up comedian. So for me, I don't really understand that. But at the same time, I am thankful to Alex for putting me out of the group because I would have just continued to stay in the group and argue with cosplay comedians or LARPer comics because they're not actually they don't actually do it. That's the thing with these people. If they did it, they'd have a better understanding. And at least I could listen to them or somewhat pay attention to them. But 
it it makes no sense to be arguing stand up with people that don't actually do it and weren't particularly good when they did do it. And I know people act like I'm gatekeeping when I say that stuff. Feel however you want to feel. If you think I'm gatekeeping, I'm gatekeeping. I really don't care anymore what people think of the things I say and the things I do. Uh, my main thing is I just want people to leave me alone. When it comes to stand-up, just stay out of my way. And I posted on Facebook the other day that, you know, if you try to get in my way, I will ruin your life. And then some chick that I've never heard of, Susan Thompson, I believe is her name, was like, uh, I hope to God you didn't mean that. Oh, I meant exactly that. And it's because it works differently for me than it does for you. Like everybody thinks I've gone crazy in the last week and a half. Understand that I've been high on marijuana for a lot of this time. So I've been operating at about 50% capacity. Because, you know, when you're high, you just don't want to do a lot of things. You don't want to deal with a lot of stuff. So I haven't even been going full steam at anything. So you guys think I'm crazy when I'm at 50%. I'm getting ready to completely sober up again. Imagine what I will be like when I'm 100% if you get on my nerves. All I'm saying is stay out of my fucking way. There's no real threat there if you're willing to stay out of my way, which is something everybody should be willing to do is just stay out of my way. I'm not in anybody's way. I'm not stealing other people's jokes. I'm not just calling people out just for the fuck of it. I'm not harassing people in front of a comedy club when I'm not working there. I don't bug people when people don't like me or I don't like people. I just stay away from them. And when it came to this particular situation, people act like I'm out of line. But really, all I did was call somebody out for stealing a joke or stealing parts of a joke after I tried to approach them person to person, after I tried to go to their friends, after I tried to go to the owners of the comedy club. So I took every logical step you could take to keep things discreet because whether or not people understand this about me, I do respect the fact that we're in show business and I do respect the fact that we are supposed to handle a lot of the, these things, quote unquote, behind the curtain. A lot of these things can be completely behind the scenes and never have to be made public as far as I go. But if you steal from me and you have a reputation for stealing, then I'm going to call that out on my platform if I can get no relief nowhere else. And when it comes to people like Gooch, I got somebody asking me why I was, you know, upset with Gooch. And really, Gooch is a lot of reasons, you know, the reason that I don't care for Gooch is because Gooch was cool. I really did like Gooch. We were friends. I understand. I don't pretend to be friends with anybody. I'm either friends with people or I'm not. But that doesn't mean that I like your stand-up. The fact that I think you're a nice person has nothing to do with stand-up. And Gooch is one of these people that you'll be having a conversation about stand-up in the green room with somebody that's asked you a question. Because a lot of people do ask me questions about different things. Or we'll just be talking about stand-up in general. And I'll be answering them. And then Gooch will walk in and be like, wouldn't you say? Can't you? Shut up. No, You're not even good at stand-up. Why are you talking right now? Nobody wants your advice on stand-up. And if anybody does, they're as dull as you are. I mean, like, they're just, there's no benefit to talking stand-up with a person that hasn't been good at stand-up for the last 10 years that they've been doing it. And that's about the length of time that they've been doing it in general is 10 years. And I hate racism is the best you can come up with. I mean, you're terrible. And then, well, we're having that conversation backstage. And here's the thing that got me with Gooch is because I hit him up because when I hit people up, understand I'm not hitting you up for your advice on a lot of shit. I'm hitting you up to tell you, get your friend before your friend gets fucking called out publicly. That's all I was trying to do when I hit Gooch up about tricks. I wasn't looking for Gooch to guide me through this because Gooch can't guide you through anything. Gooch can't even figure out. Never mind. But Gooch is terrible at stand-up. So, I mean, like, it's not like I was looking to him for any kind of advice. And so Gooch is trying to give me advice. And I'm like, yeah, that's not this kind of conversation. I'm telling you, your friend took my joke. And this is what I'm going to do about it if your friend doesn't just call and say, like, hey, I won't do your joke anymore. Now, I don't care. I don't want to hear from Tricks. I tried talking to Jay Hollingsworth about it. I tried talking to Spiro about it. I understand why Spiro wouldn't be the most open to talking to Tricks about it because Spiro is still trying to figure out getting work and still trying to get his legs in stand-up. And I personally do like Spiro. Jay Hollingsworth I've never really felt either way about him. He always claims to be my friend and stuff. And I'm cool. I mean, like, you know, but 
it, like Jay Hollingsworth is the type of friend that you go out to dinner with him and he orders a bunch of shit and then at the end tries to be like, so we're all going to split this equally? And you're like, yeah, I didn't eat half the shit you ate. So why are we split, splitting this equally? And he took me to a Thai restaurant one night while asked me if I wanted to go eat with him and another friend at a Thai restaurant. That was typical what happens to white people when they go to ethnic restaurants. Like he paid way too much. It was $50 for each of us to eat on a Monday night. Just okay Thai food. I've had a lot of Thai food in my life and I know good and I know bad. And this was okay. I mean, like. I talked to some Asian people about it and they were the same way about that restaurant. They were like, yeah, I don't even know why anybody goes there. But that's beside the point. Jay just it, like, you know, it, I could take him or leave him as far as he goes. And so when I talked to him about it and he was also pulling that shit where it's like, well, maybe it was maybe it's because you and Tricks exchange gigs together you know you guys will get each other in different places so i understand from a business perspective how you would feel that way you're arguing with michael yo about a joke that you admit you know that he didn't take but you're still worried about somebody doing a side-by-side -side of you two doing the joke for i don't know what reason like to me that's what's ridiculous like jay hollingsworth is arguing with michael yo about a joke that he himself will tell you that he knows michael yo didn't steal from him but he's still trying to get michael yo to stop doing the joke which makes no sense at all i personally am not a michael yo fan me and michael yo were cool for a minute there but he got on my fucking nerves and you have one time to get on my fucking nerves and then i just boot you so that's the way i feel about michael yo and as far as his comedy goes yeah he has a lot of people help him with with this stuff and he's not really that serious about it but for some reason people like putting him on tv so god bless michael yo whatever with that if he's not stealing anybody's material leave him the fuck alone jay hollingsworth now I know why you think everything I do is drama because for you to do something like this, it would definitely have to be drama because there's no reason for you to be going after Michael Yo for doing a joke that you admit that he did not steal from you. So, you know, I get it. I get why you try to stay out of everything and it's because you're dealing with marginal talent. And that's what I'm dealing with with a lot of these people and the reason that I do piss them off and the reason that it's easy for them to try to come after me is because for them, it does seem unfair that a person that's as talented as I am actually cares about whether or not people are stealing their stuff. And it's not about the Michael Jackson joke because like I said last week, uh, Michael Jackson jokes are kind of a hacky premise. It's where I take the joke. It's where I go with the joke and where the joke actually ends that a lot of people wouldn't understand. And I didn't put that on that particular episode like the full joke in me doing it because I do actually plan to put that on an album at the same time you have to understand some people thought I was out of line for bringing up the tricks and the foot situation but to me that was perfectly within bounds because what people don't understand about that is that two people at least have completely quit comedy because they felt ashamed or in some way victimized by the fact that they had been hustled in that way. And one of them, you know, had other insecurities, had other things going on mentally. And I forget that sometimes because I do come from a background in sex work. So for me, I'm like, yeah, just sell these feet pictures, you whores. And then people have to remind me, like, not everybody thinks that way. With that, it was a friend of mine that was like, oh, this particular person had some other stuff he was dealing with. And mentally, it just hurt him when that happened. And he felt silly and he felt ashamed. And he's been in therapy about that and so it's like there are more repercussions that people are dealing with than just the idea that because a lot of us would think people see your feet at the beach people see your feet at the pool so is it really that big of a deal i guess more goes with it that a lot of us might not otherwise think of and while people are thinking that it's funny there are some real world consequences that are happening out there and I felt like that's important to bring up, like be into whatever you're into. I mean, I'm into all sorts of shit. You think I never got off on the good foot? Because that definitely has happened. I've done all sorts of stuff and I'm into all sorts of things. And it varies sometimes, but it's always freaky deaky. And so my thing is, it, whatever you like to do, do. 
but just make sure everybody knows the role that they're playing in the situation. Like, there's no reason to have to hustle anybody for anything. Just actually ask for what you want. If you want feet pics, then like I said last week, you can buy those off of people. I'll tell you the truth. I don't like tricks at all, but he could hit me up on Venmo, Ty Rivera-Comedy, or Cash App, Ty Rivera. Doesn't even have to say a word. He could just send me money and then put the feet emoji and I'll send him feet pics. I would say send me at least $100. I'll, we'll run a real special here. $100, four different poses of feet pics, um, ladies' choice tricks. If you want to decide how you want those feet to look in the picture, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that leeway. Um, if you don't want to deal with me and you just want random, like I pick, okay. But also just you know understand tricks that once you own who you are, you'll be a lot better off. You know, once you accept that you're a gay man that likes men's feet, then life will be a lot easier for you. Stop playing games and acting. Nobody's ever heard of a straight man that just likes men's feet, but otherwise likes women. That doesn't even make sense. And I understand why you won't talk about any of this on stage, which would be way more interesting than the lame shit that you do now. You know, that cheese ball stuff you do or stealing jokes from dead comics or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, this would be a lot better. Honestly, it would just be a lot better if you would get on stage and say, look, everybody, I'm a straight man. I like men's feet. I like men's feet and I cannot lie. You other, oh, just playing. But I mean, like, just come out and say it. Tell us how it's a fetish, but it's not sexual, which is what it would be if it was actually a fetish. Um, and uh, like, you know, tell us the great lengths you've gone to to hustle people out of these things that you don't see as sexual at all. Tell us how you would have them send you videos or pictures and then you wouldn't save them to your phone or do anything with them later. You just had them send them to you in a pro and what will happen when you do that is people will laugh. People will laugh hysterically because it doesn't make sense and because people will know that you're bullshitting them. That's why people will laugh. And you know you're bullshitting yourself when you try to push these stories. So just be Miss Tricks, the woman you are, and accept that that's what it is. When it comes to Jimmy Kimmel's sister, that was one place that I can admit that I was 100% wrong. I shouldn't have yelled at her. I shouldn't have said a single word to her. Yelling at her was more than she deserved. But then there's another situation where white supremacy comes into play because Matt Markman who used to be my Vi Viagra dealer. Every once in a while, I'd go buy a couple of Viagra off of my Matt Markman. I believe last time I bought five of them for $20. I think that's what, what we had going was the last time. But, you know, it's like Matt Markman just had to jump in and protect Jill Kimmel from, or excuse me, Jimmy Kimmel's sister. I don't ever want to refer to her as that disrespectful first name of hers. That is Jimmy Kimmel's sister, and that's all she wants to be known as, and I respect her pronouns. Um, so if at any point I slip, I will definitely correct myself. But Matt Markman felt like he had to defend Jimmy Kimmel's sister, even though there were a lot of witnesses there that know that I didn't say that I was going to hit her. I told her if she was a dude, she would have been hit by now. That's what I told her. And when people think that I'm lying about that, understand this. I don't lie about any of this stuff because I love the words that I choose. I am in love with my own vocabulary. So when people were like, I heard you fat shamed Crystal, I was like, yeah, I said Crystal was a fat bitch. So when I am willing to take responsibility and accountability for my own words, I don't know why anybody would think that I wouldn't. I mean, I love the kind of stuff that I tell people. I think it's hilarious the way that I read people. So I'll be the first one to tell you what I did and didn't say, but I do come from that school of you don't tell someone you're going to hit them, you just hit them. That's the school I come from. So believe me, never said that I was going to hit Jimmy Kimmel's sister. But Matt Markman, for some reason, thought he had to protect Jimmy Kimmel's sister because apparently if Jimmy Kimmel's sister, a white woman, wants to talk to you, then you've actually got to talk to her. It's sort of like that scene in The Color Purple where the mayor's wife asks Oprah, if she can Oprah's character which is Miss Sophia 
asks her if she would want to watch her kids, and she says, hell no. And then that means that Oprah has to get pistol whipped and thrown into jail because she's actually assaulted a white woman by not being nice to her. And that's like when people talk about white supremacy and that kind of stuff, here's a deal with me on that stuff. Usually I don't care about that kind of stuff, but when I notice people that are from the left trying to employ those tactics but not call them what they are, I'm here to tell you this is exactly what it is you're doing. Like, that's just the way I work. If you're running down that thinking where it's like, you know, your Black Lives Matter or, you know, you're supposedly stand up for BIPOC, which is uh, Black Indigenous People of Color, then you can't be that and then at the same time be escalating the scare the brown man scary trope which is what they're doing when they do that you know with crystal she said that i stole pictures of her now let's run this down logically crystal said i t stole her her personal pictures and that i was trying to catch her avenge charge and i was lurking around her chat room or whatever the fuck she has and okay let's run this down a does anybody think that if I were able to hack into the cloud that it would be Crystal's nudes I'm looking for? B, does anybody think that I personally am smart enough or have the knowledge to hack into the cr cloud? I almost said crowd. That's the Asian in me coming out. But does anybody think that I'm smart enough to hack into the cloud? C, does anybody think that I hired somebody to hack into the cloud for me to get Crystal's personal pictures because I don't know if you guys know this but that would be more expensive than revenge porn on crystal would be worth besides to see crystals nudes who am I looking for revenge on myself what did I do why do I deserve to have to look at that I can tell you guys I have no interest at all not only is crystal a woman which if anybody didn't know I'm not into but she's also fat and disgusting so there's no way that I would at all hack into or hire somebody to hack into the cloud to get Crystal's pictures. And what do I want revenge about, honestly? I am not upset about anything when it comes to Crystal. Yeah, I know by looking at her, she's fat and disgusting still. And I know that Bobby isn't worth a fuck, but we've already discussed that. I mean, like, I personally was over that. When it came to them... I really have nothing to say about them. I mean, like, I'm putting them in the thumbnail of this particular video, but that's just because they found themselves in my way again. I personally wasn't looking to have anything with either of them. As far as I go, they were done back in December when I talked about them. And yeah, I had forgotten to take their picture down off of my Facebook fan page, but I already told you guys that story. I don't pay attention to my Facebook fan page like that, so I wasn't really thinking about it. And if Bobby had approached me the night before and just said that, then that would have been fine. But hitting me up on text and acting like you're telling me something, that's never going to work with me. It's just not the way that I work. I personally am a person, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, like I'm a person that does run a particular way. And if you conduct yourself like a regular human being, like what you're pretending to be, which is an upstanding person, then you would have approached me person to person and been like, hey, would you mind taking that picture down? And then I would have respected it. I probably, not probably, I pretty much could tell you 99.9% .9 unless you just came at me sideways, I would have taken that picture down. So it wouldn't have even had to have been a thing. But don't hit me up two days later and try to act like you're telling me something. And don't play, pretend to be the picture of morality when you're willing to lie about somebody because you don't like them. Don't pretend to be the picture of morality when you're willing to turn a blind eye to certain things because you don't like the person that's on the other side of them. You know, another person that disappointed me, I'd hit Jocelyn Sharp up, which I really like Jocelyn Sharp. And I will continue to like Jocelyn Sharp, but I have lost a lot of respect for her because I hit her up about the Gooch situation because rather than blindside him, because I was pretty annoyed with the Gooch situation, because um, like I said, there's the fact that he's always talking about stand-up, which he knows nothing about. So there's that. And there's the fact that he has his little clica, um, you know, which if you don't know is click. Um, but he has a little group that every once in a while he'll have one of them threaten another person on the open mic and be like, if you do this show, if you hang out with this person, you aren't going to get booked anymore. Yeah, Gooch, stop. 
you're not running anything. But uh, also when we were talking, because when he was giving me his quote unquote advice, I was hearing him out because I know that that's a part of conversation. You do have to hear the other person no matter how much bullshit they're talking. So I was hearing him out and a lot was just escaping because I'm not really taking a guy named Gooch seriously when they try to tell me anything about my life. You're a radio guy. You're not really a comic. Those happen in every town or a lot of towns have the radio guy that wants to be a stand-up comedian. So he'll get up there and do a few minutes. But there was a point that like completely escaped me in the moment that bothered me later on when I thought back about it. And there, like he said the words, yeah, Ty, I would just hate to see you get run out of town. What in the seven-minute guest set is going on right now? Am I being threatened with being run out of town by Sheriff Gooch right now? Is that what's happening? Oh, no. You'll lose that little radio job of yours before I get run out of town. And here's the thing you have to understand, Gooch. Here's the thing that I've been nice enough not to make a real thing of. Even though I was very uncomfortable in the moment, you knew it in the moment, and you sent me a message apologizing shortly after. There was a situation where me and Gooch were in the green room. It started off, I was talking to Spiro at a point Gooch came in and took over the conversation because that's what he does not knowing anything just like I said has to start talking and I was annoyed even trying to listen to him at that on that particular night but whatever then he goes into this thing about the n-word and how things won't truly be equal until white men can say the n-word and this is him talking this is just me telling you what he was telling me that it shouldn't be like certain groups of people can't say that word and I just let him know that I'm not comfortable with white people saying the N-word around me, which is something I have let you guys know before. The whole Amy Blackwell podcast is about it. The whole and also understand this, uh, Jill Kimmel, which I'm going to talk about, like or Jimmy Kimmel's sister, excuse me, which I'm going to talk about that situation because I have it on. An, you know, that one was recorded the night that that all that trick stuff happened. Um, so I will release that at some point, but it has no real emotion for me. It has the way I felt in the moment, but, uh, and I feel like it's important for me to put out just so everybody knows exactly what Jimmy Kimmel's sister is about. But, um, when it comes to Jimmy Kimmel's sister, that was a problem I had too. I just don't like people saying the N word around me, uh, white people saying the N word around me, other people, you know, black people, whatever you know white people if their black friend is around to co-sign for it whatever i'm not going to tell a black person how they should feel about people saying particular words i hate when people do that with me but i just personally am not comfortable with that so when gooch was leading up to this because i always know where white people are going when they start down this track at some point they are going to say the n-word in front of you just to prove their point that they can say it and so Gooch definitely took a moment to say the N-word in front of me after I had let him know that I wasn't comfortable with that, which I don't think I'm at all being prudish by asking this. I don't care any other word you use in the English language. I'm not concerned with how you express yourself. I'm not even concerned with the thought, even though I think it's a cheesy way to come at it. And a million guys have come at it that way. I've heard it a lot, you know, where white guys are. Why can't we say the word, but they can say the word. I mean, it's just not how it, and I've heard it and I'll listen to it again at some point in my life because it keeps coming up because certain white men do feel like, the whole world's race problems, the whole country's race problems could be solved if white men could just say the N-word. There are some white men that feel that way. So Gooch was expressing to me that he's one of the white men that feel that way. So then he's talking, then he was like, I mean, like, I shouldn't be able to say it, like, in a negative way, but if I'm saying that guy shouldn't have said, and then he said it. And I, of course, was very uncomfortable. And it's not because I'm caping for anybody. Understand that that is not this kind of situation. The reason that I'm not comfortable with white men like Gooch saying the N-word in front of me is because you're not being naughty and you're not being brave by saying the N-word in front of me. That's not what you're doing at all. 
what you're doing is you're being as safe as possible because if you really wanted to say the n-word in front of somebody to make your point and see exactly where they're at say that in front of anton knight say it in front of diaz Mackey. say it in front of ak comedian say it in front of jay reed say it in front of a black person where there's actually potentially a consequence to it say it on the radio let the radio yet let your listeners know how you feel about the n-word and throw the n-word in just to let everybody know what a free speech guy you are gooch be the real you in front of people and i've chosen not to make a big deal of this because like i said he did apologize afterwards well he sent like his version of an apology um which you know i mean like i wasn't really concerned with in that way because for me there is no apology in the way that like I don't expect you to um apologize to me in a way that is going to have any real meaning because for me you already did what I asked you not to do it was just about respecting one small boundary that's it just the small boundary of don't say the n-word in front of me which i don't think there's anything wrong with asking people not to do that one thing i thought we had already kind of decided that but apparently that's not what was going on and i realize you know that for some people that's going to be a sticking point you know mm -hmm. where they feel like they absolutely have to say here's what he sent me i just found it and it was apparently on february 5th that this happened um he said hey bro just want to make sure we're good we kind of got a little heavy and then we just split and went our separate ways anyway i appreciate the honesty and i believe hard and ugly talks like what we had is the only way for people to find middle ground you and i didn't get ugly but the content was besides you can't get ugly our bone structure won't fucking allow it be good so that was his version of, you know, apologizing for it or letting me know that he was whatever, you know, I mean, like, but like I said, it's, it's not brave to me. It's not, like, I'm tired of these people pretending to be something other than what they are when that's not what it is like that's why your comedy is bad and it's not me being an asshole or whatever but it's because your thinking is basic because you don't scratch any further like with me i don't rely on any of the things that i just talked about when it comes to identity politics and the way that i feel about the jill or jimmy kimmel sister situation and crystal situation but if you're pretending that you are that person, then at least live up by living by those particular principles. You know, don't make a brown man, a brown LGBT man, seem worse than he is so that your lynch mob of white men will come after him if that's really what you want. And we've all seen the way I've handled this. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but... I've accomplished what I want in the way that a lot of people don't want to fuck with me right now, which is exactly what I needed. Like when I hit Jocelyn up, because I hit Jocelyn up because I was telling her, going to let her know that Sheriff Gooch doesn't need to ever threaten anybody with running them out of town again because all he's going to do is fuck up his own life. Because what you have to remember about me is I do stand up and I just kind of chill outside of that. I don't have a regular day job. I don't have to worry about getting fired from the radio. Gooch, on the other hand, definitely should be worried about that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one he's had this conversation with. And I'm sure that me and other people could make a bigger deal of this if we had to. But I personally will tell you that I'm at the point where I just want to leave all of this alone. And if nobody fucks with my life, I won't fuck with anybody else's life because I have more going on than most people would imagine. And just because I don't talk about it all the time, just because I don't cry about it all the time, just because I didn't start up a GoFundMe doesn't mean that I don't have bigger things to worry about. If you want to know what's going on in my life, I went to go see my parents for Easter my mom's 70, my dad's 80, my mom's having problems with her eye. She had a growth on her face not too long ago that she had like kind of on the cheek area that she had to have cut out. And when they did it, it messed up one of the nerves. And so part of her face is 
paralyzed right now and i'm not sure if it's bell's palsy because i can't ask about it because i was raised in a family where when my parents are going through something they want to keep it private even from us and i shouldn't even be talking about it on my podcast but i'm just trying to let you guys know i have other shit going on so when i've got my mother who's hiding from me for half of the weekend because she doesn't want me to confront her about the fact that I know she's in pain and I would just like for her to tell me what's going on so I don't have to worry any more than I already worry because even though people think I don't have feelings, I very much do love both of my parents. They're my favorite people in the whole world. And so that's paramount to me right now. Like right now, my dad is 80 years old. He's worked since he was nine years old. So for 71 years, this man has been working and I'm trying to get to a point where I can make it so he doesn't have any bills at all. It's not like he's struggling. It's not like they don't live a good life. But at the same time, I know that he has bills. I know that he has things that he has to take care of. And I want him to keep working until the day he fucking dies just because I know that a lot of times when people have Alzheimer's or that kind of stuff, It'll really take over once they stop working. So I don't want my dad to ever stop working, but I do want to be able to at some point to him, at some point be able to pay all of their bills off and be like, okay, now you work just because you want to work for no other reason. So have fun working, but literally have fun working. And I don't care if that's just for a month out of his life, because the truth is he's already 80 and I don't know how much longer I'm going to have him. So I'm trying to work as hard as I can to do the things that I have to do to get to where I have to be. And I don't need anybody in my fucking way. So if you start talking about in a serious way, I'm going to run you out of town. No, I'm going to run your ass out of town because I have no fucking choice because you chose to get in my way. I'm going to run you out of town and I'm going to do a quick and effective job of it because I need you out of my fucking way so that I can make things happen for me and my family because it becomes between you and your family and me and my my family, guess what? Me and my family are winning and I fucking say so. So I hit up Jocelyn Sharp so that possibly she could tell you that maybe you should watch your fucking words. And instead of Jocelyn Sharp being the strong woman that I actually know her to be, instead she sends me a text message back that says she doesn't want to be a part of it and that she's a fragile soul and that Gooch is family. Well, here's the deal, Jaws. If you're really family with somebody, that doesn't mean you just allow them to act stupid. That means if your friend, if your family with somebody every once in a while you step in and say look this is where you're fucking up i don't like tricks either and you've known it for months gooch like the truth is jocelyn sharp doesn't like gooch for doesn't like tricks for her own fucking reasons her and gooch are like family and i knew that that's why i went to her like hey maybe you can talk to your boy before i fuck up his life that's the way i felt about it and none of that comes from a malicious place in the way that yeah if you're fucking up and you're making people of un people of color uncomfortable in a work situation, which me in the green room is a work situation. You are there not only as Gooch, the individual Brandon Hahn, you are there as Gooch, the radio guy. That's a part of what you are, whether you like it or not. That is a part of what you are. So Gooch, the radio guy shouldn't be making Ty, the comedian uncomfortable in the green room because you can't control yourself from saying the N word, but really you you could control yourself from saying the n-word you just wanted to say it because you wanted to feel naughty you wanted to feel like you were breaking a rule and guess what you're not breaking a rule white men have been saying the n-word forever in this country and that's why so many of us are tired of it we're tired of hearing your ideas sometimes we're tired of you flexing your white privilege because if i had said anything if i had made a big deal out of it guess who would have looked bad over it even though you were the one that said something that i didn't i I had even warned you that I didn't want to hear you didn't want to hear you say and you even talk about it in your twisted tea joke like he has this joke about twisted tea you know the guy getting hit in the head with twisted tea and how the guy just thought he was a little bit too down or a little bit like I don't remember his exact words it's a horrible joke like the rest of his shit and when I say that I mean that in the most technical way possible you're fucking horrible at stand-up so the fact that I even allowed you access to talk to me should be seen as a privilege for you. That should be the white privilege that you worry about is the fact that somebody that realizes you are not good at the skill that they're good at will allow you to even talk to them. But for some reason, you felt like you had to abuse it by using the N word.
And everybody knows I'm telling the truth about every single thing I said. And the reason I know everybody knows is because people are blocking me and not like, you know, Gooch has blocked me. Trix has blocked me. Mike Robertson blocked me, which I don't know why Mike Robertson blocked me. If you listen to the episode I did with Anthony Victorson, we tried to be completely cool about Mike Robertson. That was me trying to patch up. I really thought everybody was going to see that for what it was and be like, yeah, he really tried to make a bridge between Mike Robertson and Anthony Victorson. That's what that was about. If I was clowning, I would have put footage of Michael Robertson's fight, which was horrible. I mean, like I would have talked about the fact that Mike Robertson once snaked my friend John Carden out of a gig in uh, at the L.A. Comedy Club because Mike Robertson is one of the managers and John Carden had gotten approved for a guest at the night before by one of the owners. And then the son of a comedy club owner, a small chain of comedy clubs, ended up being at the club that night. And then Mike Robertson decided he was going to take the guest set and said that he didn't know. And it turned into a thing where I personally hit Mike Robertson up as a favor because, like I said, I do correct my friends when they're in the wrong. So I hit him up and was like, hey, you're kind of messing up right now. You screwed somebody over that I'm actually close with. And you shouldn't do that to any stand-up comedian because, like, what you maybe didn't realize is that stand-up comedian is from Phoenix and he stayed an extra day here in Vegas and occupied himself until it was showtime just so he could do this guest set. So this guest set really meant something to him and you took it away from him because you thought it was an opportunity for you to get seen by a comedy club's owner, a comedy club owner's son. Little do you know the comedy club owner's son has no booking power, no booking privileges, and you're not good enough yet to be seen by a comedy club owner. And anybody that's seen Mike Robertson will tell you that just when it comes to stand-up, he's not really ready to showcase for anything important. So you fuck somebody over to get an opportunity that didn't exist from a person that doesn't handle that particular opportunity anyway using talent that hasn't been cultivated to the point where it would be beneficial to do anyway so really you just fuck somebody over just for the sake of fucking them over so with that I already knew you were lying uh you know I, I already don't trust your character because you tried to lie to me when I called you about that which I didn't call him an accusatory or shitty way it was just sort of like you know I know what happened last night just correct the behavior don't do stuff like that again because it doesn't look good on you and instead he tried to argue with me and he tried to turn so finally I just text the owner and then I straightened that out where it was like okay now I know you're lying for sure then he lied to me about the situation with, you know, Anthony Victorson and Anthony Victorson talking about his kids. Like, you know, he said that he said it again when he was on stage and I was like, I already saw a video of it. So I know that what you're saying isn't true. And then he just tried to backpedal out of that, which is another time that I caught him lying. Then uh, the other night he got confronted by Stephen Briggs, which Stephen Briggs actually boxes. And he had been talking shit about Stephen Briggs. So Stephen Briggs said in his head, I'll wait till I see him in real life. Ended up seeing, at a, seeing him at a house party last Tuesday. This is the one week anniversary of me hearing this story and this story happening. So Stephen Briggs told him, like, you know, I heard you were talking shit about the fight I had with Jason Cheney because Stephen Briggs had a boxing match with another comedian by the name of Jason Cheney. Stephen Briggs is a very funny comedian, a comedian I've known since he first started, you know, did the shittiest open mics with Stephen Briggs. He started quite a bit after me, but, you know, like we were down in the trenches together and he'll always be my friend. I respect him. I like what he does. I think he's funny. I think he's creative. If you ever get a chance, check him out. It's uh, Stephen spelled with a V, um, you know, Stephen, and then Briggs, B-R-I-G-G-S. And he's a really funny, creative guy, but he also trains for boxing. So when he had a problem with another comedian by the name of Jason Cheney, uh, somehow one of them challenged the other to a boxing match, and they ended up boxing, and Stephen Briggs won that match. And apparently Mike Robertson was talking shit about that, and Stephen Briggs caught wind of it and was like, I'm going to wait to see him in real life. And so he caught him at a party and was like, you know, hey, I'll 
if you want, we can prove your theory wrong right now. Like you're talking shit about my fight with Jason Cheney and I've got gloves in my trunk. So me and you can box a couple of rounds right now and I'll prove my point. And Mike Robertson told him he didn't want that smoke. And Mike Robertson, if he decides to lie about this, I wish him luck because Stephen Briggs will pull up on him again and pop the trunk because that's where he keeps his boxing gloves is in the trunk. And so, you know, he probably knew that that might come up in the conversation because I brought that up when he was trying to argue with me on Facebook. I was like, yeah, that's why Briggs had to punk you out the other night was because people are getting tired of you. Like Mike Robertson doesn't realize that people are getting tired of him. And with that podcast, I was trying to mend a fence for him so that maybe he could have one more person that not necessarily has his back, but at least isn't saying bad things about him. Because a lot of these people forget, they're, they're anxious to tell me, this person doesn't like you, Ty, and this is the way that you messed up, Ty. But what they don't understand is I'm pretty well aware of who does and doesn't like me. So that puts me at a distinct advantage over the people that think that everybody likes them, that don't realize that people are just nice to them because they have a particular position. Like if you're a manager at a comedy club and you think that people being nice to you is 100% genuine, you're delusional. If you're Jimmy Kimmel's sister and you think that everybody's being 100% honest to your face, I will tell you for a fact that a lot of these people are talking about you behind your back. How do I know this? Because it's me that they choose to talk to, even though I don't care about you either way. So when people think they're scoring points by being like, I hate Jimmy Kimmel's sister too. In my head, I'm just sort of like, yeah, I don't really care who you hate. You know, you beefing with my enemy does not make you a friend of me. Oh, that is from... I see girl. But anyway, um, th but it, that that line is true. You know, the fact that you don't like a person that I don't like doesn't mean that we're automatically bonding or friends. Sometimes it will be like, OK, yeah, you're cool. But really, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't want everybody to not like Jimmy Kimmel's sister. I personally don't play the same game that people play towards me, and I would like to get back to operating on the frequency that I was operating before all of this happened. And I realized that at the core of it, it has been me messing up because I'm, I'm the one that allowed my energy to get taken in a direction other than the direction it was headed in. And other people can try whatever they want to try, but at the end of the day, it sits with you. And so really, I'm the one that messed up when I even gave Jimmy Kimmel's sister any energy at all. I'm the one that messed up when I argued with any of the people on that comedy group. But like I said, I'm glad to not be part of that comedy group anymore because there really aren't a lot of actual comedians participating on that comedy group. You know, and then Matt Markman, who I talked about, you know, he's a hobby comedian and that's what it is. You know, he was working for I think he worked for a pharmacy for a while. It's probably where he was getting my Viagra was from that same pharmacy. But anyway, that's besides the point. It's his business, what he wants to do. Um, but, you know, um, I mentioned Matt Markman and like, you know, he's a hobby comic uh, to the nth degree and doesn't even realize it. you know, like he went on vacation and tried to say, you know, that he was doing comedy at the same time. No, you were just once in a while squeezing something in while you were touring the country with your family. Like, don't try to make it seem like you were touring for comedy in any way. And you know how I really know that is because you didn't make any content out of it. You didn't make a YouTube out of it. You didn't do anything that a person that was thinking in a professional way would actually do. If you went on a road trip during a pandemic and were trying to do stand-up at the same time, do you know how interesting that would be for a lot of people that are in the industry? That would be very interesting. Even people that aren't in the industry. I think you could have actually made a real thing of that if you had just been smart enough to figure that out. But that's not the way you're thinking because you're a hobby comic. You're a husband and a father, and I respect both of those things, but it doesn't make you a real stand-up comedian. So... The fact that you even have opinions about what a person like me does is absolutely ridiculous to me. But, I mean, especially since you weren't there and anybody that was there would tell you that what was said about me was not true. So for me, 
I guess I get it when people aren't really doing things that they're happy with. They're going to concentrate on a person like me that really was minding my own business in all of those situations. Like I said, I didn't handle being bothered by Jimmy Kimmel's sister the best. And that I will definitely, I've made it a point that I'm just not going to yell at anybody anymore because nobody really deserves it. Nobody deserves to see that side of me. Um, not because you because you wouldn't take the lesson from it anyway. Like the lesson that Jill, Jimmy Kimmel's sister should have learned was that you can leave people alone. Not everybody owes you, white lady. Not everybody owes you to talk to you just because you want to talk to them or because you think your last name matters. Not everybody's going to bow down to that. So that was your lesson to take from that, but you didn't take your lesson from it. Instead, you turned it into a thing where you could somehow be the victim and your white counterparts were all too willing to accept that. So I get it, you know, but I can't say that I don't like what's come from it because I mean no sarcasm when I thank Alex Just Alex for taking me out of that comedy group because Alex Just Alex isn't a comedian. And when I was in that comedy group, when something would go wrong, I would have to deal with Alex Just Alex and having to treat him as not only another stand-up comedian, but as in that situation, kind of my superior because he ran the comedy group. That's not a position that Alex just Alex should ever be in with a comedian like me. Really, actual comedians should have nothing to do with Alex just Alex. And if I were to ask any actual comedians about him, they would be like, who's that? And I don't really feel like a lot of people have a full grasp of the level of comedian that I talk to and that I deal with on a regular basis when it comes to like my interactions outside of, you know, who I see. So it's like there's these people that are like not comedians that have these ideas about me and no respect at all for me for some reason. But then you go to actual working comedians, even really successful working comedians and they not only respect what it is I do, but how I conduct myself. Because, yeah, I'll put all your business on the street once you try to make me seem crazy or you try to make it seem like something's other than what it is. Then I'll put all your business on the street. I don't care because you're coming up against me. So I have to defend myself. But the truth is people that really hang out with me, successful comedians I know, know that I take bodies to the grave. I don't snitch on people. I don't tell on people. I know a lot of people's secrets, and I've always kept them safe and never said anything. A lot of them I've forgotten because I have a bad memory, but don't piss me off because it'll jog my memory, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Just like a lot of the stuff that I come up with now is from, like, I was completely willing to let certain things go, but then you saying that particular thing made me be like, oh, wait a second, you're not as good as you're pretending to be. You've actually done this or you've actually done that. Like that's more where that comes from is the people virtue signaling and stuff like that. That's why that's not my thing. Like I'm never trying to tell you guys exactly how great I am as a person. I'm a great stand-up comedian. As a person, I've messed up a lot and that's how I've learned different things was by making mistakes and holding myself accountable and being like, okay, this is what you need to correct. This is what you need to work on. This is where you fall short. And being completely honest with myself about that. You know, when it comes to this situation, I look at the good and the bad of it. And what tricks really needed to understand is that if you were just on the up and up about more of the things that he's doing, besides just being attracted to men or men's feet, like maybe that's all he's into is men's feet and doesn't want anything to do with dick or ass or any of that. But it still seems pretty fucking gay to me. But OK, so let's give him the benefit and say he's not gay. Um, he just likes men's feet. There's still an honest way to go at that. You know, like you if you want to take somebody's jokes, you know, you don't take somebody's jokes. But, you know, if he had asked me what I would charge him for those particular parts of the bit, I'm sure we could have come to some sort of agreement because even though I like where those bits lead, I don't necessarily need those particular parts to make that bit work and I could have worked around it, but you just got to offer me money because that is my intellectual property and something that I did come up with. You can't just come along and take it. You can't just decide it's yours. 
I mean, like, that's just the way that stand-up comedy works. And if you're not willing to respect that, then you're the one that's going outside of what stand-up comedy is supposed to be, not me. You know, and I made the offer to him that I would sell him feet pics, you know, on this podcast. And I need to make a quick disclaimer. If you do that, if you do hit me up for feet pics tricks, you do have to unblock me because I would send them to you through text message. So you have to unblock me on text message because the last thing I need is you running back and telling everybody I sent him money for feet pics and then he didn't send me the feet pics, that dishonest whore. And then I get a bad reputation because you didn't unblock me. So send at least $100 to ty rivera dash comedy that's on venmo and then cash app is just ty rivera and i will make sure that you get your four feet pics from me i might even throw in a fifth what do i care they're just pictures of my feet i might even put a white rag between my toes and then you can tell people that i surrendered and i don't care what you do with these pictures you know i i don't care um but and also if you ever hear anything i say that maybe you want to do you know, uh, you want to use in your comedy skit, then definitely hit me up and maybe we can negotiate something and then you don't have to ruin your reputation over it. Like these are all very grown up solutions that I offer. And I know that they seem, I know that it seems hard in this day and age for a lot of the other adults that I'm dealing with, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's sister, just leave people alone. Not everybody likes you. Actually, more people don't like you than do like you. And that's just me being 100%. I'm not even being shady when I say that. A lot of the people you think are friends of yours in Phoenix, they don't like you. And I know that you really think they do because they lie to you because you're Jimmy Kimmel's sister. And here, a fair amount of people don't like you either. But they lie to you because you're Jimmy Kimmel's sister. Do you see how that works? Do you see the the common thread here, Jimmy Kimmel's sister? Like, people don't really like you. You just happen to have a brother that's very successful in the industry that you chose to tag along into long after he had been doing it. Um, you decided they were hiring over there and decided to start doing stand-up. And then you got lucky, and your brother opened up a comedy club, which gave you more leverage in a city that really you don't do well in because nobody's interested in momity, which momity isn't me. This is how much people don't like you, Jill, and make fun of you behind your back. Oh, excuse me, Jimmy Kimmel's sister, and make fun of you behind your back. Is that momity isn't my line, even though it was used to describe what you do, mom comedy, momity which I thought was really clever and hilarious, but it actually came from people that claim to like you, but make fun of you behind your back. So maybe, maybe think about that. Maybe think about the fact that when all of you act like children, what happens is you attract other people that act like children. But I, on the other hand, am man enough to admit that I'm wrong certain times and admit that I have growth to do. So I attract people that will be more honest and actually do like me because there's no benefit to pretending you like me because I'm not related to anybody famous. I'm very honest about the fact that I'm not taking you on the road unless you're funny. I'm able to have honest relationships with people because I come from an honest place with how I deal with people. So, yeah, um, the main thing to take away from this podcast is that I need everybody to just stay out of my way because if I have to disable one of you, I'm going to do it in the quickest, most efficient way possible because I've got a family to think about. And even though a lot of you don't think about me that way, that's the reality of what I'm dealing with. So I need you to just completely leave me alone and you will see that I will leave you alone too. Every once in a while, you'll get brought up on a podcast because somebody's going to talk about you because I'm going to have different guests on. Whether you like those guests or not has nothing to do with me. It's not something I'm going to occupy myself with. Um, I'm going to have the people on that I want to have on. And if they have a particular story that involves any one of you and I have anything to contribute or I feel like I know something about that situation, then I'm going to throw it in. But outside of that... I'm not on a mission to ruin anybody's life. I'm not on a mission to do anything other than get better at what it is I'm doing. So 
if you're not thinking that way, you really do want to reconsider if you're trying to get in my way and why you're trying to get on my, get in my way. And if your end goal is to ruin your own life, because the way I'll see it is this person must be bored because they're over here messing with my life. So let me give them a hobby real quick that'll occupy their time so they'll leave me the fuck alone and i don't care which one of you goes on the podcast of that person that talks about me i don't care about that person either because that person knows that honestly their channel can be taken down for certain things that they've said about me that are not only untrue but are also fall under the guidelines of uh bullying and harassment but i choose not to do that because i don't really care what that person does but understand that when you call me crazy and then you go talk to somebody that has done six hours in one week of content about just me. Um, last week did a four hour live stream about me. Um, does at least what? What would it be he's doing? At least two to three hours about me in a week on an average week? Yeah, that sounds real healthy to have that kind of relationship with a person that doesn't know you and hasn't had interaction with you since June and then gave you 48 hours to express yourself and then you chose not to express yourself, not drop any of the receipts from all the inbox messages you're supposedly flooded with of all the people that hate me. But none of that, none of that happens. And then I block them again and they go back to making content about me. So... Like, you know, if that's what you consider sane and you think me handling things the way that I handle things is crazy, you deserve every bit of what you get in life. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, stay unbothered.